Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Billboard Charts. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital. Hello, Katie. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself, Keith? I'm a little all shook up after an earthquake this morning. Oh, yeah. Uh, those of us in L.A. did experience it, and it was very close to my house. I I had never heard of the Lennox neighborhood before and then looked it up, and it's like less than 10 minutes away from where I live. So, yeah, very there was, close. Th- there were a number, I guess there were a number of small earthquakes this morning, and at 4.45 a.m. West Coast time, it felt like a car hit the house, and I woke up, and of course, one, ran into a doorway, and then once I realized nothing else was happening, I'm like, did a car hit the house, or am I freaking out, because I just woke up, and I, of course, went to my phone and went to Twitter, everyone's talking about an earthquake, I then tweet something, and apparently, as I've learned, you learned that it was an earthquake thanks to me tweeting about it. That's true. Um, and I feel very irresponsible right now because I was up with my baby, my, you know, less than one year old daughter, and we did not move toward a doorway. <laughs> we just sat there. <laughs> we stayed put and wrote it out. <laughs> well, uh, as always, the Billboard <laughs> Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things earthquakes That's right. and pop. Mm-hmm. On, on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got big chart news on how Lil Nas X's new single, Montero, Call Me By Your Name, debuts at number one on the Billboard Hot 100, while a whopping five albums debut in the top 10 on the Billboard 200, including the new number one, Rod Wave's Soulfly. Plus, after a bit of time where there were very few major new releases, we are flush with new music from everyone from Debbie Lovato and Lil TJ to Olivia Rodrigo and... Wait a second, Justin Bieber has another album? It's almost as if he might have listened to our show last week. Uh, we will also be checking in with Billboard's Senior Director of Music, Jason Lipschitz, about some possibly too early predictions for 2021 Song of the Summer. But we don't care. We're ready. <laughs> but first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit Billboard.com slash podcasts. Okay, let's do the chart chat. First up, Little Nas X debuts at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart. With Montero, Call Me By Your Name. 
The song, propelled by its buzzy official music video, is his second number one after his debut chart hit, Old Town Road, featuring Billy Ray Cyrus, ruled the chart for a record-breaking 19 weeks in 2019. Montero was released on March 26th and earned 46.9 million U.S. streams and sold 21,000 downloads in the United States in the week ending April 1st, according to MRC data. It also scored 1.1 million radio airplay audience impressions in the week ending April 4th. Uh, By the way, Montero is Lil Nas X's actual real first name, as his full name is Montero Lamar Hill. Uh, Have you seen the video for uh, Montero, Katie? Uh, Can you sum up the plot and visuals for our listeners? I would love to do that for you, Keith. Uh, this is, this video has been talked about, so I'm, I would be shocked if I'm the first person that you're hearing about this video from, but it is a cinematic over the top visual and it is all about Lil Nas X kind of taking back the narrative from homophobic people who maybe are using their religion to hate on him and who he is And he's like, oh, you think I'm going to hell for this? Cool. Let me take you straight to hell via a stripper pole down (laughs) to Satan, where I will then lap dance on top of him. And I'm basically doing all the things that you think I'm doing. So uh, let me laugh in your face all the way to the bank and to number one on the Hot 100. So that is definitely what he set out to do with the video. And Everyone really took the bait, man. Like Twitter, Fox News, everybody really uh, got all shook up about this video. Um, But, you know, once again, Lil Nas X uh, takes just a viral, completely talked about song all the way to number one. Elsewhere on the Hot 100, last week's number one, Justin Bieber's Peaches featuring Daniel Caesar and Giveon falls to number two. Silk Sonic's Leave the Door Open is steady at number three. And two former number ones round out the top five as Cardi B's Up dips two to four, and Olivia Rodrigo's driver's license falls four to five. Next up, over on the Billboard 200 albums chart, a robust five albums debut in the top ten, the most debuts in the region since last November. Leading the pack is rapper Rod Wave, who scores his first number one with Soulfly as it debuts at number one, with 130,000 equivalent album units earned, nearly all from streaming activity. Meanwhile, Justin Bieber's Justice falls to number two in its second week on the chart. Rapper NF debuts at number three with Cloud's The Mixtape. Carrie Underwood's first faith-based album, My Savior, debuts at number four. Young Dolph and Key Glock's Dumb and Dumber 2 debuts at number eight. And AJR's OK Orchestra bows at number 10. You just mentioned a few artists that dropped new music over the weekend, Keith. And uh, as we teased last week on the show, Olivia Rodrigo released her new single, Deja Vu, last Thursday. Um, And I'm not sure if you've listened to the song yet. Obviously, her much anticipated uh, follow up to Driver's License. Um, I I absolutely love this song. It's uh, it is a very cool song it's definitely you know in the in the slower vein of driver's license but a completely different sound and production and it's got a bit of a story behind it as well which i love a story song i'm a country fan we also were talking about heart a few weeks ago and and all i want to do is make love to you i feel like deja vu kind of sets you up with a bit of a story and then you realize it goes a little bit of a different direction um so i was really impressed with uh with the first taste of music we're getting from her 
uh, since the big phenomenon of driver's license. Yeah. And then uh, we also had a whole new album from Demi Lovato. It's been much teased alongside the new YouTube docuseries that she has, also called Dancing with the Devil, just like her album. Uh, And there's a brand new song on the album featuring Ariana Grande, her management uh, cohort with Scooter Braun. uh, And it's called Met Him Last Night. Uh, the devil is really having a moment in pop culture yeah. right now. <laughs> Seriously. Good grief. In, 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 in very, very different ways. Very different ways. So we already talked about Lil Nas X. We talked about the title of this Demi album, but then this song specifically is referring to meeting Satan. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 And it's, uh, I mean, an expectedly incredible vocal from these two. I mean... Uh, they, you know, kind of came up at the same time, but I, we have never gotten a duet from them before. And they, they really lean into, you know, how these two voices sound together. It's a lot of harmonizing. And, um, I think my biggest takeaway from listening to the song is how much I cannot wait to hear it sung live because oh, yeah. it's just going to be my bombastic. God. Yeah. And then finally, as if he listened to our podcast last week, uh, Justin Bieber released another album. So fans of uh, fans of Bieber got justice only a week and change ago. And now another album. Uh, it's called Freedom. It's a it's an EP. Um, and we had talked on the podcast about what maybe his next collaboration might be. And we wondered if a faith based album was in his future, given how public he is about his Christianity. Well, uh, he definitely delivered on Easter Sunday. He dropped the surprise six song EP which includes collaborations with Tori Kelly, another Scooter Braun signee. It's like the Scooter Braun podcast today. And uh, also Chandler Moore. And both of them have tallied top tens on Billboard's top Christian albums or top gospel albums charts. And the EP also features uh, Justin Bieber's pastor, Judah Smith, and Pink Sweats. And speaking of Judah, um, the the song We're In This Together, which is Mm -hmm. the third song on the album... Is it's a kind of a spoken word Bieber song where oh. it's almost like he's preaching, you know, like that's the feeling I got when I listened to it. And um, the end of it, he's literally like, you know, wishing blessings for his listeners, you know, bless their finances, bless this, bless that, like all this sort of stuff. And it just uh, it, you know, I could see a future where Justin Bieber standing up in front of a congregation and doing this one for sure. So. Uh, lots of new music, lots of uh, new debuts. I'm sure to expect on next week's charts. Drums, please. You know, it's never too early to start forecasting on what could possibly be the song of the summer here at Billboard. And who better to lead that conversation than founding pop shopper, king of song of the summer predictions, and Billboard's very own senior director of music, Jason Lipschitz. Hi, Jason. What's up? What's up? Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, you know, we, we couldldn't have done this without you. Literally, we couldn't have, we couldn't have done the podcast topic. without you, nor Song of the Summer. <laughs> you still refuse to do Song of the Fall, Song of the Winter, Song of the Spring, but Song of the Summer, baby, you're here for it. <laughs> someday, someday I'll get to song, song, later in life, I'll get to Song of the Winter. Well, you might be wondering why we're talking about Song of the Summer, since it is only April, but uh, in March, actually, last, last week, 
Jason wrote a story speculating on some possible front runners for Song of the Summer, and he fittingly titled it Way Too Early Song of the Summer 21, 2021 Breakdown, The Best Bets, Long Shots, and Question Marks. And, you know, even though Billboard's own Song of the Summer chart won't start up for its annual run on Billboard.com until after Memorial Day, so early June, Jason's here to discuss his front runners and maybe even a couple of wild possibilities on who could take the throne in 2021. So last September, Billboard crowned DaBaby's rock star featuring Roddy Rich as the song of the summer for 2020 after it dominated the weekly Billboard Hot 100 chart through the season. And it rained over a summer like no other thanks to COVID keeping everyone away from most traditional summer activities like the beach and the club and backyard barbecues, you name it. So let's take a look at this summer, which hopefully is a little more active and a little more outdoors. Uh, Jason, what is on your list of front runners for 2021 song of summer so far? So I think uh, in what I wrote about were some of the recent number ones on the Hot 100 that, that just made it to the top spot. So songs like Cardi B's Up and Justin Bieber's Peaches featuring Gibeon and Daniel Caesar, songs that are just really peaking now. But if they last long enough, if they're big enough hits, they could last into May, June, July, especially Peaches, which is really just getting started. Uh, Up's been out since February. And then you have Silk Sonic. Leave the Door Open hasn't hit number one on the Hot 100 yet, but there's so much excitement around this song, around Bruno Mars and Anderson Pac pairing up for this project. I mean, y- you never know. It really could just kind of linger around. If, if you think about how long a song like Uptown Funk uh, featuring Bruno Mars was number one, I mean, he certainly has that longevity in his in his back pocket. So you never know. And then in terms of uh, uh, another song I've been looking at is is this masked wolf song, uh, Astronaut in the Ocean, it, it has a lot of, I think I wrote it has a very Travis Scott-like energy. Yeah, still, uh, still outside of the top 10 of the Hot 100, but if it keeps rising through April and May, kind of could uh, crescendo into June and July as a song of the summer. Those are some of the front runners. Are there one or two tracks or maybe artists in general that you're keeping an eye on? Like, for instance, I know that uh, Rihanna kind of teased that she has just one song coming and that one song could be the song of the summer. Are there any things like that you're looking out for? Yeah, I mean, anytime Rihanna drops a song, obviously that's going to be in contention. There's just so much excitement around her new music whenever that may arrive. I think Rihanna has been part of the way too early song of the summer column for like three or four years straight. (laughs) But you also have to think about Drake and obviously Drake recently hit number one with what's next, but he still has a a new album on the way with certified lover boy. Say that drops in May or June. um, Obviously it's going to have a, a huge impact on the charts so if you and also if you go back a couple summers if you look at scorpion which i believe dropped in the last week of june that produced a huge hit and the song of that summer with in my feelings so uh, i would definitely keep an eye on on those two as well i'm wondering you know peaches debuted at number one you said it still has like a ways to go that feels like just the name alone peaches is like a summery vibe. Like, I just think that when and if there are barbecues this summer, and if there are, you know, dance parties, et cetera, that song is still going to be there, at least for me. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, you, anytime, and part of the the thing I love about prognosticating Song of the Summer is that it kind of comes with this mystique of a summer song, what a summer song 
sounds like and feels like and especially this summer where so many who are just ready to go outside and see other people and party and try to be safe about it after not not being able to do anything last summer so you you generally look for something up tempo and dancey and kind of on the lighter side uh that's not always the case uh when you think about something like see you again which was uh was khalifa and charlie puth which was uh the runner-up i believe for song of the summer 2015 but anyway, was that um, the Omi cheerleader year? Hell yeah, it was the Omi cheerleader year. Yeah, um, the best, the best summer of all. But, um, but I feel yeah, like there's like some mild shade happening. I don't know. I can't tell. No, that was my crowning achievement because I I remember that song was like I I think low on the Hot 100 and I made a bold prediction it would be song of the summer, and then you know it ended up being. Uh, eventually the song of the summer for 2015. I'll, you know, that'll be on my tombstone. Jason Lipschutz, you know, proudly predicted Omi's cheerleader was the song of the summer 2015 for before anyone else. Anyway, um, but yeah, it, going back to Peaches, that it's such a, a breezy kind of nonchalant, casual, enjoyable song. And I actually really like a lot of the new Bieber album just in terms of the kind of like, 80s synth pop vibe of it songs like hold on uh, a recent single but peaches has has really just connected in in a in a unique way and i think you know as katie to your point like it's hard to uh picture a 2021 barbecue or a beach party without peaches popping up on a playlist it's just so perfect for that we have a new number one song on the Hot 100 too that was not even, it was just a glimmer in our eye when you wrote your two early songs <laughs> of the summer prediction. So do you think that Lil Nas X might have a, a shot at the crown too? Yeah, I mean, he was he had obviously the song of the summer two years ago with Old Town Road, which was the song of that year, just based on how long it was was number one. And and yeah, I mean, I think it's it's kind of early. It's it's also a, a little bit different than a song like Peaches, where it's not an immediate kind of top forty radio song. But I could definitely see it getting there. It's it's super catchy, and and obviously people are talking about it a ton. Um, That's and, true. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, maybe that you look at um, a song like WAP, which people also there was a lot of controversy around that upon a release. People kept talking about it. People kept listening to it and streaming it, and it became one of the biggest hits of last year. So, yeah, I could definitely see the new Will Nas X competing for Song of the Summer. Um, also, another artist that we have our eye on, we always have our eye on uh, for new music, is Adele, who typically dominates our charts, but maybe isn't an artist that we associate with the summer party jam. <laughs> so, you know, I, I guess kind of to your point about uh, See You Again, is there a chance that Adele ends up with the song of summer of 2021? I hope so. I, if she drops something, I think that it, it's going to compete for number one just because of how enormous her her fandom is and, and her, her popularity. I mean, I've been praying for an up-tempo Adele dance single for a decade ever since 21 I was like I love 21 this is great um let's do it let's let's get into like disco revival Adele and I was disappointed that that 25 did not contain that song <laughs> but maybe her next one will yeah club bangers like from Adele and club now, bangers I was say, from Adele. now that we know her personality and how fun it is it's like shocker that we still get these you know 
ballads, nothing but ballads from her. So it, that could all change very soon. Nothing but ballads, the new album from Adele. Well, I hope that we just put an Adele club banger into the universe, if nothing else. Yeah, come on, let's do it. <laughs> Keith, I've been hogging all the questions. Do you have any uh, burning burning, uh, sunburning questions for Jason about Song of Summer. We can never tell what's going to be an enduring hit. And the Song of the Summer chart is merely based upon the performance on the Hot 100 each week from Memorial Day to Labor Day here in America. So basically from early June until early September. So Jason may be trying to forecast what he thinks could hang out the longest on the chart this summer. But you know, it's hard to predict what could possibly have that sustained momentum. Jason, do you think, based upon kind of looking at you, what you've looked at on the charts over the years, um, purely from your point of view, when you look at the charts as an editor, do you feel like there's ever the perfect recipe for a song to have longevity on the chart? Like, would you have ever expected Blinding Lights to still be in the top 10 of the Hot 100? You know, here we are in 2021 after it came out a year ago. Like, do, is there like a recipe to that sort of thing? It's a good question. And I, I, I don't think there is. I think that part of it is is always going to be mass appeal of the artist where, you know, I think that if Blinding Lights was made by a completely anonymous artist versus The Weeknd who just headlined the Super Bowl halftime show, I think that maybe it's not in the top 10. Maybe it's still the number one hit, but maybe it's not in the top 10 for <laughs> a year on end. But I do think in just in terms of the um, Song of the Summer race, part of the reason why I like writing this every mid-March is because you start to see the, the race take shape around this time. And, and you, you look back, obviously there are exceptions, like I, like I mentioned in My Feelings, being released in late June, and then being Song of the Summer, but you look back at, you know, Old Town Road was released in December 2018 before being the Song of the Summer for 2019. If you look at like Drake's One Dance, I think that came out in like February of that year and, and then go on and on. I think that in terms of a recipe for Song of the Summer, I, I do believe that artists and, and labels try to pinpoint that time of, you know, spring, mid-spring of releasing something for, for Song of the Summer. And, and also it, it just it speaks to the fact that people are ready to, to get into summer early. Like by this time during the calendar year, people are ready to be outside. People are ready. I mean, pandemic aside, just in a normal year, people are ready to be outside in like April, May. And just like, you know, they, especially in the Northeast, I'm like you guys, I'm freezing my butt off four months a year in, in, <laughs> in suburban New Jersey. Well, Jason, thank you so much for, for coming out and talking about the song of the summer, potentially too early, but maybe when we reconvene after Labor Day, we'll just be talking about Silk Sonic or about Peaches. So uh, we shall see. It's always, it's always fun to talk about. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. There's an air of love and of happiness, and this is the Fresh Prince's new definition of summer madness. Well, now it's time for the chart set of the week. You know, with all that talk of summer, Katie, it got me thinking, what songs with the word summer in their title have actually hit number one on the Hot 100? Ooh, I love this. Turns out, luckily we're not going to play quiz, Katie. Turns out (laughs) there have only been a whopping two number ones on the Hot 100 with the word summer in the title. That is shocking to me. That's shocking. Yeah, Percy Faith and his orchestra's The Theme from a Summer Place in 1960 and the Love and Spoonful's Summer in the City 
1966. All right. So, first of all, I am shocked that, like, we don't have Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff's Summertime. That was a top um, 10, but not number okay. one. Okay. All right. And then I'm also thinking, like, so what about the other seasons? I feel like summer, we always talk about summer, but what about spring, fall, and winter? Look, I'll be your guy for all seasons, Katie. <laughs> all the year through. It's a Grease 2 reference, everybody. Um, <laughs> obviously. Ex- I mean, obviously. If, if you don't understand that, you're listening to the wrong podcast. <laughs> I mean, technically, I should be your girl for all seasons. But anyway, well, it turns out there have been zero number ones for the word spring, zero number ones for the word winter. And for fall, the only number one Hot 100 hit with that exact word in the title, meaning just the four letters, F-A-L-L, as one word on its own, was Peter Cetera's The Next Time I Fall with Amy Grant in hmm. 1986. Uh, that, that means we're not counting things like Alicia Keys's Fallen or UB40's Can't Help Falling in Love. Just There's only been one song with just the word fall. And I also checked... Well- Yes. I was yes. just gonna say, and it's also not the season. You know, it's a it's a verb. <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't mean that someone couldn't possibly put the the they couldn't have used it as a, a season in the title. I and for good measure, I did check on the word autumn because mm. people will use the, the the word autumn instead of fall. And no, nothing with the word autumn uh, in the title has hit number one on the Hot 100. So there you have how about it. Like, um, how about like the vernal equinox? <laughs> Don't mind me. Keep going. <laughs> I'm going to say no. Um, <laughs> so there you have it. Uh, the true songs of the summer. The two number one hits on the Hot 100 with Summer in their title. The theme from A Summer Place and Summer in the City. Hot town, summer in the city. Back of my neck getting dirt and gritty. Then down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. We reached the end of our big... It's not summer yet, but we're going to pretend like it's almost to your show. <laughs> yes. Um, any any parting words, Katie? Well, uh, if the other song that just popped into my head as you were saying the, uh, the summer songs was uh, Summer Breeze. Seals summer and Breeze <laughs> makes me feel fine. Um, where do you think that peaked at, Katie? I imagine it was top 10, but I guess I don't know for a fact. I didn't live through that period. Well, I, I'm I'm waiting for my system to load. Um, okay, here we also, go. Also, it seals it seals and crofts. Uh, I said just croft, <laughs> like Lara Croft, or like Sid and Marty Croft. Um, yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Summer breeze peaked at number six in 1972. Okay. Yeah. Well, I would like to hear that to go out. I feel like it's the perfect <laughs> ending of our song of the summer All right. episode. Summer breeze. Uh, see you guys next time. Let's go out on a summer breeze. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Summer breeze.